Zion Williamson plays his best game of the season, but the Pelicans defense doesn't show up in their loss to Indiana. This loss clearly shows changes need to be made to the rotation and some lineups, and at least the Pelicans have someone they can try on the bench. Let's break down what happened in the loss in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans lose to the Indiana Pacers, 129-122. Honestly, that final score of just seven points, it was definitely greater than that. And the score was not actually, that game was not actually that close. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And we are going to do a deep dive into the defense and what the Pelicans need to do to fix it, because that's what cost them this game against the Pacers. And today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you know is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. 122-129, the final to the Indiana Pacers, a game that New Orleans could have won. You got a tremendous performance out of Zion Williamson with 26-7-7, probably the best game he's played this season, including... Defense, he wasn't the problem in this one, but it was just everything else. Their scheme, the pick and roll defense, giving up open threes. They all worked together in kind of one thing because there was a clear area that led to breakdowns everywhere else. So let's go over what happened here because this felt like a Stan Van Gundy game and we don't want to relive that area whatsoever. The Indiana Pacers were running a ton of pick and rolls with Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. And the Pelicans, as they've done a lot of the year, especially when Jonas Valanciunas isn't out there on the court, they switch. So instead of sometimes fighting through screens, things like that, they'll just say, you cover that guy, I'll take the other guy. So you get a small on a big and a big on a small, on a a guard, let's say. And Indiana was hunting those type of matchups all night long and breaking down the Pelicans in pick and roll situation. So if the Pelicans tried to switch, Indiana took advantage of that mismatch. Miles Turner finished with 37 points on the night. So if you put someone smaller on him, he went to work. If you put a big that couldn't guard him out on the perimeter, he shot some threes. He is not that good of a player, certainly. I promise you that. I know he's a favorite trade target for a lot of y'all. I'm not a huge Miles Turner guy, but after this game, it's tough not to be. So they really put the Pelicans in a bind in the pick and roll. There was just no pressure at the point of attack. New Orleans running a smaller backcourt against an Indiana court that has a lot of size really presented a problem here. When they did try and fight through screens, there was zero discipline on it and they weren't really trying to contest anything. They were just kind of lackadaisically trying to like move around and they did it very wrong at times. They would go under on shooters 
Tyrese Halliburton hit a ton of threes in this one. Where did the stats just go here? Um, Halliburton had six made threes. A lot of the time was you saw New Orleans guards going under the screen, so giving him space up the top of the three-point line, and he took it. Or against a guy like TJ McConnell, who is not a three-point shooter in their backup point guard, they were going above screens on him, which just let him drive into the teeth of the defense, which caused what we saw in these last two games, particularly the Hawks game, right? Where you saw this happening on the defensive side of the ball when Trey Young would get into the teeth of it, a big would have to rotate over, and then Trey Young would kick it out to a corner for an open three-point shooter. So you saw that with TJ McConnell here. He would drive, they would go over a screen, which gave him room to drive, then he would kick it out to a corner, New Orleans tries to run that shooter off the line or something, they get there late, and either they shoot a three or they get there, but now they're scrambling, and it's the idea of defense on a string, everyone's connected, you pull one, over here, it means you're pulling a guy on the other side away. And that's what they were doing until they just found the open man. Indiana took 48 threes in this one. They made 22 of them. You're not going to win very many games if that's the case. And it was all because of that lack of resistance at the point of attack for New Orleans. It led to those open threes. There were times, yes, when Indiana was just walking it up, taking a three off a good pass or something. But primarily, it was just at the point of attack, them in the pick and roll doing literally anything they wanted to do. I get what Willie Green is trying to do with the rotations and players like Devontae Graham, but CJ's a little undersized in the backcourt. Jose Alvarado can only do so much. He's an impactful player, and we love what he provides, but on a night when he is struggling to shoot, he was 0 for 5 in this game. He's not giving you that much, and at times in the half court, he does struggle defensively, particularly against well-coached pick-and-roll teams. You saw him be great in the, in in transition and in full court against Chris Paul, but when Chris Paul got into the half court against him, he lit him up. You saw it in this one, too. He had a rough night, I thought. So did most of the starters because they just had no answer for what they were doing. And it's really summed up by one of the final plays here. You have to get a stop. New Orleans is within five or four, whatever it was. I think it was five points. If you get a stop, get a steal, you know, with a minute and a half left, you have a chance. And Indiana runs their pick and roll, their high pick and roll with Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton. And what New Orleans is trying to do at that point in time is basically just trap Halliburton and try and get a steal. So they have Zion switch on to him. You see Brandon Ingram, who's guarding Miles Turner at that time, also go over there and they try and kind of pin him at the like top left, far beyond the three-point line. And he just gets around him and drives right to the basket and kicks it out for an open three, which was the dagger game over at that point. You've got to keep up with those guys. And you saw the guards repeatedly get burned. Bigs get burned when they switch on to them. I didn't. I actually thought Zion was okay defensively in this game, but it was really the point of attack in in the pick and roll, which is where they lost this one. And it led to let it just let Indiana do everything they really wanted to do. They'd have a mismatch with Turner, so he'd go in and score inside. Or if it was a big out there who struggled defending him in space, he's just going to launch a three. He's not that good of a three-point shooter. But 37 points on 18 shot attempts, 11 of 11 from the free throw line because you had smaller guys matched up on him. They had to foul him just to do anything, so he went up and made his free throws. 
it, this just was not a good night for the Pelicans defensively. So, so what do they do? What do they do? Because there's other problems with what really Willie Green is trying to do in this one. Let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. We'll get to Zion in the third segment because I did think he was good. Thought he was fine defensively. Thought he was really great offensively. And we want to talk about some happy things at least a little bit. So we're going to get to that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Sweatblock. Look, when I'm on camera here, I got lights on me. I'm moving around a lot. I'm talking. It's a little warm in the room. Sometimes I'm going to sweat. And the last thing I want when I'm doing the show on YouTube is pit stains or when I'm doing a local one on one of the local TV stations and talking basketball there. The lights are on you. You're moving. You sweat. It's awful. It's embarrassing. The last thing I want is to be kind of like looking down or looking at the screen trying to be like, oh, no, can they see this? Is this a problem? So I found sweat block and now I use this. And I don't even need to worry whatsoever. Sweat block wipes are your little secret to all of this. Sweat block wipes work up to seven days per use. You apply them on a Sunday and you're going to stay dry all week. So if you or someone you love is experiencing sweat or odor, twice try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And we're going to do a deep dive on the defense. We're going to get into things they need to start to try and things that Willie Green, who is struggling with this right now, needs to really fix. And for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. For all the games that matter, the biggest stories in all sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So today we are talking about the Pelicans losing to the Indiana Pacers 129-122. Defense is the story of this one, and it's the point of attack defense with the guards and the guys that they ran out there. Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, Jose Alvarado. They struggled in this game. They struggled in this game to really put any sort of pressure and make Indiana feel uncomfortable. You heard Willie Green after the game say, quote, everything was the issue. The Pacers got whatever they wanted. They ran their plays hard. They played hard. Hats off to them. They played an excellent overall game and we didn't. I promise we'll be better. So they played an excellent overall game because the Pelicans provided no resistance and played no defense. And that, while it's on the players on the court, is also on Willie Green for the rotations in lineups that he is using. We're 10 games into the season. New Orleans is 5-5 five and five after the hype this offseason. That feels like a bit of a disappointment, I think. Something needs to change with this because this has been a problem that we can, at this point, say, like, is a thing and it's not just noise. They did everything they wanted to do because the Pelicans let them. That's not ideal. You've got to clean that up. And some of the rotations and lineups he's using just don't work. Devontae Graham took a charge, and he's had like one strong defensive play in every game. He made some threes in this one. Three of eight. Finished with 11 points on the night and four assists, including some really nice passes. But he was awful defensively. He was awful defensively. And it's just not working with him in the lineup. There's enough data to point to that at this point. Those really small lineups they use, the real small backcourts of Jose and Devontae or CJ and Devontae, just aren't working the way that Willie Green would want. You saw Devontae Graham get burned repeatedly in pick and roll situations, leading to those open three-pointers on scrambles and things like that, passes around the three-point line for Indiana, or them just scoring at the rim. 
you, you can't keep doing it. You know, his net rating going into this game, if you look at how the Pelicans do with him on the court versus off the court, they are significantly better when he doesn't play, when he's off the court. They are 24.1 points per 100 possessions worse with him on the court than off the court. That is a pretty damning number. And of all Pelicans players who have played more than 15 minutes, that is significant. Jonas Valanciunas is second worse on the team at minus 4.2. Devontae Graham is almost 20 points worse. The Pelicans are almost 20 points worse with Devontae Graham on the court than their second worst guy. It's just not working. And in a game like this, when you're getting beat, when you have a guy on the bench who we, we've seen as a good defender who helped you get a win versus the Dallas Mavericks, why is Dyson Daniels not getting any run whatsoever? You saw Willie Green use his normal rotation pattern. It's basically nine guys with a token 10th guy getting six or five minutes just to give someone a little bit of an extra rest. But at this point, he really needs to consider taking Devontae Graham out of the lineup and putting in Dyson Daniels just for defensive purposes to see if it's going to work. This is two games in a row that New Orleans has been burned in the same way. And in this one, I don't even think Zion was a huge problem. Like, truly, I think this was on the guards in the backcourt. And when you force everyone to rotate because you can't keep your man in front of you, it's just not going to work. It also hurts them when they're running these small backcourts in terms of rebounding. We talked in a show last week about those long rebounds. That Lakers loss really happened because of that. They gave up in this one. Where was it? 10 offensive boards and really struggled with second chance points and things like that. You saw the the Pacers get 12. That's not going to work. You need to limit those things. So down the stretch, you have Indiana getting offensive rebounds because there's a smaller backcourt out there that's struggling with that. It's not a huge shock, right? This isn't a huge surprise. Dyson Daniels, though he missed the free throws after secured a big defense board, right? You've got to get a guy like that into the lineup to see if he's working because we have enough data and evidence right now to say that some of these lineups with Devontae Graham just aren't good. And you don't want to keep losing games because of that. And this is at a certain point where the Pelicans are really headed with it. I don't, I'm going to be curious to see what the defensive uh, rating is after this loss, but with Devonte Graham out there, it's really not working in terms of the lineups and the minutes with some of the the things that they're running out there, and that's starting to be a very big problem. And they absolutely need to start to fix it because it's tanking the defense as a whole. They had enough offensive firepower to win this game. This was a totally winnable game for New Orleans. But they struggled with those mismatches. They probably need to really start looking at the trade market. And trades don't happen this early in the NBA. To bring in a defensive big who could have shored that up. Larry Nance Jr. left with a hyperextended knee. He said he could have come back in. They're going to kind of play it by ear so they might not have him for a game or two. And it shows you you need another guy like that. They tried to go small with Zion at the five to close the game, and rebounding was a problem. The backcourt was a problem, too. They need another big man that can really help them out with that because, and this is a show for another day, we'll probably need to talk a little bit more about Valanciunas and how he's played this season. But that point of attack defense isn't working, 
The numbers back it up. The eye test sees it too. They've got to try a guy like Dyson Daniels. Give them more size. Give them more pressure at the point of attack and let the Pelicans try and force turnovers and get out in transition and run. That is where they are really good. They are terrifyingly good in transition. You can only really get in transition though for the most part when you're getting steals, when you're getting defensive boards and going. Not when teams are making tons of shots against you, let alone 22 three-pointers. So something's got to change, and it's probably now. I don't mind the number of guys that New Orleans is running, but they do really need to consider scaling Devontae Graham back in this one. I get they had him out there maybe to keep up with the three-point shooting, but if you just got some stops, it was fine. You had enough offense. 26-7-7 from Zion. Brandon Ingram got cooking in the fourth quarter. 29 points from him. Herb was feeling it was 16 points working off ball. You had Trey Murphy hitting threes. There's enough offense there to win you most games. But you need the defense to start to step up. I said, the day the season started, the thing that could tank them this year was their defense. It has these past two games. And now instead of looking at being, what would that make their record? Seven and three, they're five and five. And that's disappointing. And you wasted, wasted a tremendous game from Zion Williamson, who had you doing everything. Like the offense looked fantastic when they were running it through him. So let's. Now focus on the negative. Let's see if Willie Green makes adjustments. Day off tomorrow. The entire NBA is off tomorrow. Go vote. And they'll get back to it Wednesday with a game against the Chicago Bulls. So coming up next, let's take a look at, because I went long this segment, uh, Zion Williamson and his strong game that he had the other night. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Whether it's football to basketball, soccer, esports, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you do because you're listening to Locked On Pelicans and thank you for that. You can get it over at betonline.net as well. It's just the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So head to the website today. You can also get there on your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, really breaking down the defense and changes Sorry, we need to see from Willie Green, who's making some incorrect decisions with the lineups and the rotations. And the analytics show it. And he said that he's going to be looking at the analytic data on lineups. You got to be careful with that early on in the season. Ten games in, there's some trends starting to show. Hopefully, they're starting to see that in, in their stats and their info as well. Now, for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. What happened I'm assuming, I'm recording this while the Saints game is still going on. I'm assuming it's it's still pretty ugly and pretty bad. Can they can they keep this going? Yeah, 27-13 final. They got to make some changes too. Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, going to be breaking it all down there. All right. So Zion was good. Best game of the season. And they wasted it, which is what they did against, against what's what they did in that one season of Stan Van Gundy, right? He would be awesome. And then they would just give up so many threes because they had no perimeter defense whatsoever, though that was more of a scheme thing than like struggling in the pick and roll leading to all that other stuff. We don't want to go back to that, right? That's like, like it triggers us when we hear Stan Van Gundy and the coach and things like that. And you're getting PTSD to a really rough season and disappointing year. Well, let's not do that then. And when you get a good game from Zion, take 
advantage of it. 26, seven and seven. He was awesome in this. They weren't perfect the entire time with how they used him, but it was a whole lot better. Less of Zion standing in the corner, more letting Zion be the focal point with the ball and letting the gravity create opportunities for others. They took 34 threes in this game. That is well above their average per game this year. You give the ball to Zion, other guys are going to be open. They take 28 per game, which is last in the league. They're above that in this one. It's a good start. You saw it every time Zion had the ball in his hands, particularly on the perimeter, on the three-point line, two guys were there, which meant one person was open. You really saw it in the first or second quarter where Zion started to drive. Two guys went to him, and that left one guy to defend two players. I think it was Trey Murphy and Jose, maybe. I forget. So Zion kicked it out to Jose, who who was at the above, like right at the elbow, the break of the three-point line, who then had that defender step out to cover and was trying to cover two dudes. So he just kicked it to the open man, and that guy made an open three-pointer from the corner. Zion doesn't get an assist, but he gets a hockey assist on that one. The assist that leads to the assist, the pass that leads to the assist. And he had tons of those in this. He also had seven assists on the night. You saw his court gravity. You saw them really try and make him the focal point to open it up for others. This was a version of Point Zion that we've been wanting to see. Him standing in the corner just doesn't do it. He made his three-pointers in this one, which is good. I don't mind him taking them in this one, particularly if he's going to go two or three, because they're giving him space to shoot. They're still not. It's still going to take a while to draw defenders out, but it burning them that way is a good start for things. And it just opens up his teammates so much when he has the ball in his hands and tries to get downhill and drive and make the right kind of passes. And New Orleans did a really good job capitalizing on that. Notice the three-pointers go up, when he has the ball in his hands and isn't just standing in the corner. Let his gravity do the work for you. You don't need to run huge sets and actions for other players when Zion's just going to get him open because he simply exists and is on the basketball court. Take advantage of that. They did a good job. They used him off ball well too, I thought. You saw him as a trailing man, as a cutter, trying to get there. You saw CJ dish that wraparound dump off kind of pass to him and for him to fill the lane knowing that they're going to be trying to take away the rim at CJ uh, from CJ and he would have an opportunity to go out and score. That's how you got to use him. He was trying to do what he could, rebounding, though he's still a little undersized with that, but he was able to get up, grab an offensive board or two in this one, and go out and just do his thing. Three offensive rebounds, by the way. That's what you want from him. Now, play defense. The offense was there. There was enough scoring. There was enough shooting. There was enough assists in this one. 32 on 48 made baskets. That's a really good number to have won. You just needed to get stops. And Zion defensively wasn't amazing in this game, but certainly wasn't the problem. He was fine. He's been more or less fine most of the year. There have been games when he definitely struggles. There have been games when he's good. It's a mixed bag. That should hopefully come with time. But when he has an offensive game like that, that's enough to deliver you victory. The others need to step up. And that includes head coach Willie Green, who needs to make a couple of changes with this. Because this isn't how you're going to have a winning season and make noise in the post season. Oh, I said that terribly, but you get what I mean. So let me know what's the biggest change you want to see in the comments down below on YouTube. Is it Dyson Daniels coming in? Because I think they've got to try that at this point, probably dropping Devonte Graham. It's unfortunate if that's not what they want to do, but at this point, five and five doesn't feel like a good record for what we were expecting from this team and some of the problems that they're having right now. We'll see if they make adjustments 
And if they're able to get the victory at Chicago on Wednesday before a second night of a back-to-back in New Orleans on Thursday, these games are happening fast. They got to make these adjustments quick because you're starting to get into the season now. And this is when we can start to draw some conclusions. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.